0: I think what we have here in Hollywood is high art. It's
1: party time, sparkle time!
0: If you could go anywhere in the whole world, where would you go?
2: I always want to be part of something bigger. Yes. Let's go! Something that lasts, that means something.
0: You know, when I first moved to L.A. <laughs> I got
1: your face touching, you, you know what
0: the signs on all the doors read? No actors or dogs allowed. I changed that. Good morning. Good job for you. I'll do anything.
1: That's the cocksucker they sent to screw
0: us. Yeah! This bitch is stealing the scene right from on me. She's icing her nipples so they perk up through her dress. I ain't icing my nipples. This is natural. Where do you say we come in for my close-up now? What are your thoughts for the future? Shouldn't stand in the way of progress.
2: This is gonna be what it's gonna be.
0: Here's the twist.
2: Whoa! The girl seems nice.
0: She is. She has no idea what's next. There's some new sensibility
2: now. People care about morals. I've never done nothing except
0: disappoint people my whole life. But I made it on my terms, not theirs. We are going to be more than they ever bargained for. What I do means something.
2: It's bigger than you. (laughs)
1: Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast. The Review Edition. This is uh, your what the hell did I just watch deep dive into Damien Giselle's Babylon. And it is all through a colorful perspective. Post-First Man, post-La La Land, we are back with another Chazelle flick, and it is unlike any we have seen before from him. If Raymond is are back, we are here. We are reporting for duty. My name is Raul, and here with me, I got Mr. Mo Shama. Hello, everyone. And making his first time, his debut appearance, if you will, on the pod, is a new collaborator. Boy Dre, aka the other Dre,
0: aka he Dre. Dre, what up? Welcome, to my support. <laughs> Thank you for finally having me on, man. I'm excited. Ooh, me too. Excited.
2: <laughs> I'm so excited for you. We've been, we like, are trying, like to get you like. Uh, for a long time.
1: It's tough. It's like I'm excited that we're here and I'm excited that we're recording. Am I excited about this conversation we're about to have? As yet to be determined. <laughs> but you guys can let us know at a report pod on the socials. Let us know if you thought that we were excited when you're done listening to this. I know clearly they were not excited to get into this conversation, or maybe we were. Let us know. Hit us up at report pod. Also. Check out the site, mreportpod.com, where I assure you, you will find less chaos than this film. Than any singular 10 seconds in this entire film, mreportpod.com. That's the place to check out all that stuff. But for today, first up, and only on the report, is our non-spoiler general thoughts, followed by a full spoiler deep dive. And to Damien Chazelle's latest, Babylon.
0: A tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess. It traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. The writer and director is Damien Chazelle, and it's starring Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Diego Calva, Giovanna Depo, Jean Smart, Lucas Haas, Lee Jun Lee, Phoebe Tonkin, Toby Maguire, Eric Roberts, Max Minghella, Olivia Wilde, Samara Weaving, and Katherine
2: Watterson. Wow. Yeah. Lots of people, lots of names. Like, even from the trailer, I was just like, can I say something about this movie? About the trailer of this movie? you know what you say whatever you
1: would like as long as it is non-spoiler general thoughts if it fits under that umbrella please say whatever you would like and give us your thoughts
2: (laughs) i think it's a non-spoiler and like away from deceit you know the way paramount like depicted this movie like especially the trailer and the posters like i know that dre loved every one of the posters so much like we will talk about this later. as did like, i yeah as, yeah. as everyone like it was really good yeah this trailer depicted this movie as a different story as an entirely different environment different story different um attractions and different love interests and everything is that valid like is this like kind of marketing valid can we start with this first? I mean, is I think it's it's a it's it's a hard thing to say. So first
1: off, this movie is excess to the max, right? And I'll talk to that in my announcement of thoughts. But I think that I mean, if we think back to like Um Wolf of Wall Street, like did they show for like did they show in the trailer at all that there was gonna be a total of forty five minutes of just sex with hookers? No, they didn't show that in the trailer. But that's a major part of the film, you know? So it's just like this film has so much that cannot be shown in a trailer unless it is a Red
0: Band trailer. But to me, the difference is if you took that 45 minutes, minutes out, would the movie still be the same? Or it would it
2: be better? And,
0: and Wolf of Wall Street, it would be better. It, exactly. And this one, it it would completely change
1: the movie. But that's what I'm saying. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the marketing of the film. I think that the this yeah. film so much of it cannot be sold in the marketing. I think that the marketed is the marketing is a way for Paramount to get people to come to theaters. And it's get just like look, it's like it's Margot Robbie being sexy and dancing with a red dress and being held up as if she's some sort of goddess. And it's Brad Pitt dancing and falling off a balcony, and like, and coming out of a pool. You know what I mean? Like that—that's what it, it's selling us. It's selling yeah. us fun. And then fun. you watch this movie, and it's stress. Stress doesn't sell. Stress doesn't bring people to the theater.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're right. But like, I feel like it was just like so much of a emotional roller coaster. It was just like what? It's like yeah. the whole the beginning is what. But, like, we can dive into details, like, after we, we, we mention our general thoughts. Right. Babylon is, like, uh, first of all, like, I respect Damien Chazelle so much. Like, I was so happy for him being the youngest director to ever get nominated and win, like, an Oscars. I'm happy with everything yeah. he's doing. And I'm, I will still support him with what I can, like, by watching his movies, by, like, by saying the truth about the movies. But Babylon, for me, is a form of torturing to my love and passion for Hollywood and the entire film industry. As everybody knows me, know that like how I always defend Disney, all the time, despite like certain actions and things happening. And I consider it like as a taboo that like we should not be touching and mentioning the bad things about it. And I see the same about Hollywood. I do sometimes, yes, I admit the mistakes that happened, but I don't want to see it because it breaks my heart. And I think this is what happens here. It's the opposite to the magic that Chazelle created in Lala La Land. At least for me, like yes, the movie is about an era that ended. It's about like the Hollywood and the film industry in the beginning of the 20th century. It's a but it's about the corruption, the addiction, the lose of, of the loss of morality in an enclosed society that might represent the reality it lives within and might not because the movies that we were seeing at that time were not representing this reality. But this reality was happening, yes, it, it was there. Is this movie a true story? No, it's not a true story. It's inspired by many of the characters like or many of the of the icons of, of Hollywood at that time. We will mention like what each character represent what from 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 the real actors in real life, later in the spoiler section. But my, old, my general thought about this, that um, it was rough. It was rough. Filmmaking wise, Damien Chazelle still excels to create something different that can get you attached or detached from what, what is happening. But what I can say about the screenplay for this movie I think it's the weakest link. That if it if the narrative was done differently, it would have taken the movie to another level of good. I will not say that like, because we are not re, we are not re near excellence or near perfection, but it might it might have taken it to to another good level.
0: Dre, give us All your right, nice yeah. thoughts. I'm gonna try to keep it short and sweet, but. For me, after watching the trailer for the movie and then looking at the two great posters, like there's one Margot Robbie in red dress looking over and the next poster next to it is one Brad Pitt's on the table dancing, looking at her. I feel like they should have been put the other way where they're just facing away from each other because <laughs> it, it meant nothing. But um, after the first three minutes, I realized that like I'm watching a completely different thing than I was originally expecting. I feel like I was harshly tricked into watching someone else's wild vision of how they wanted Hollywood to be portrayed during that time and era. But if I say anything I truly yeah. enjoyed about the film, yeah, um, it would definitely be the performances of each individual actor, big and small. Uh, they really went in and gave it their all and made, us, made the film exciting enough just to keep us going and make it through the whole three hours.
1: That's an interesting thing. Like it's You said it's a portrayal of a specific person's vision of Hollywood. Or at least what Hollywood was back then. I think that's really interesting. Um, Yeah, that's good. And yeah, I think, yeah, we were talking about this a little while ago with the marketing. Yeah, you're right. Like, you find out very early. I don't think I found out within three minutes, but definitely within 15 minutes, you were ahead of me on that curve. It's that, like, I definitely was like, oh, this is not what was sold to me in the trailer.
0: Like, this is something else. Yeah, it's and like, I'm going to get into the spoil, but it's like, for me, yeah. that first three minutes, I'm like, yeah, this isn't all the fun and games I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it's rough. It's stress. It's a lot of stress. So I'm going to, before I give my non spoiler general thoughts, I will give Colby sent me a quick little couple sentence thing on, on his non spoiler general thoughts, and he said, it's a little blurb, he Can said. you
2: start with, uh, yo, 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 it's your boy, Colby, <laughs> no. <bring me> back <laughs> <laughs> we miss uh, you Colby.
1: <laughs> I will not. I will say what he said which it, if he had put the yo-yo-yo I would have considered saying it. but no he said it is a lot of movie. If anything else, it fully commits. To what? That's for you to decide. But this movie is one we've seen before, but the packaging feels derivative of something greater stylistically.
2: I like that Colby said, like, um, that the package feels derivative of something greater stylistically. Is it? It is.
1: Is it? Okay. I'm going to get into my... (sighs) Derivative of... Okay. Listen. My announcement is, undoubtedly, this is the wildest film I saw this year. Maybe last year, as well. To me, this film
2: feels—is it the post-pandemic era's wildest? I will let you possible. think about this until the end of your thoughts. Right, possibly. It this film feels like Damien Chazelle's attempt at
1: shedding his Disney Channel persona, except he never had a Disney Channel persona. But nonetheless, this attempt at an like. Everything in excess, including the runtime, Scorsese-esque film, is a massive letdown. And listen, I'm a huge fan of Chazelle, but this is a, ru- a rough watch. And you know, when I'm talking about, like, I'm thinking about Colby's thoughts on, like, like do I think it's like, I, I don't think it's not Damien Chazelle style. I want to say that again. I do not think that this film visually feels outside of the realm of Damien Chazelle. I think the narrative is unfamiliar, so that's why I I disagree a little bit with what Colby's saying, and and it sucks that he's not here to defend himself. So, but because maybe it's not we're interpreting it differently.
2: Exactly. But I'll talk, I was I'll talk to you bit- guys. Yeah. I'll talk to
1: you guys. You brought it up. I think that like to say it's I think that it feels like it's just a film in the visual sense, in the stylistic sense, I the problem is the narrative. You said it like Shama, like the writing is the weakest part. Um this feel this film feels like it is doing it that doesn't feel this film is doing too much all at the same time. And it is hard to like, as you're watching it, it's doing so much that it's hard to say, like I've talked to multiple people, it's hard to say, who is the main character of this film? Is there a main character in this film? It's it's a true ensemble almost, in the most disjointed way, but it still feels like it's kind of trying to tell you that there's a main character, but there isn't. The film looks great, though the cinematography feels repetitive as does the music at times the score feels like a bastardization of the la la land score some of the songs straight up i'm just like that I is la the
2: words i love <laughs> Best that is the la, 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 la land.
1: land i'm like that's the la la land score but a little bit different um but not different enough that i didn't pick it out uh the strongest element in this film is the performances which is what dre pointed out which are truly incredible. Brad Pitt Margot Robbie are stand-ups. I love Brad Pitt in this movie. Margot Robbie hurt my soul to watch her, but she is delivering an incredible performance. I wanted this film to be so much more, and to do so, I feel that I need to do so much less. Like, I need to do a whole lot less. Less narratives, less gratuitous everything, less vomit, just less. And I believe that there is a great film in here somewhere. We just didn't get to see it because we got caught up in too many characters. And not enough scenes depicting what I thought was the best part of the film, which is the transition into talkies. But,
2: yeah, those are my non-spoiler general thoughts. And it should suffice, yes. like, really. Like, putting, like, our general thoughts together, it can give an idea of how we are, like, we were going with so much love to this film, so much love to the filmmakers, and we wanted it to be great. It was one of the most anticipated movies of the year, earlier in the year, and, yeah. and of course, after Avatar. Uh, but we are hitting this point that, like, we are disappointed to what is happening so yeah. once we jump in the spoiler section I think we can elaborate more I want you to take us through the storyline of the film <laughs> through three hours of gore and vomit <laughs>
1: I'm glad you're but I will say this this film the budget is 78 million dollars is it gonna make it back
2: I don't think it will make it back, like, in the first six weeks, but we don't know what happens afterwards. Like, uh, I, I expect, like, the opening weekend, which is, like, the Christmas opening weekend, like, with this wide release, I don't think it will hit, like, $10 million. I, yeah, I,
0: I, think, I think with the other options out there, it's, like, if people do go see it a lot over the next couple of weeks, it'll be for
2: not having many other options. Wow, and it's and I expect uh, lots of senior citizens will refund their tickets yeah. like at the beginning because like it will just be yeah, too much
0: because yeah, the rewatchability. Yeah, yeah. It's is also lot. just
2: not there. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. And I know that the industry is looking for eight million dollars opening weekend for this movie, like long weekend, like from from Thursday to Monday. They are looking at eight million, and and like that's not good. I don't want to get, get it. Just like there are people out there that are enjoying this
1: movie. We just aren't amongst those people, um,
0: but like there are critics that liked it. Yeah, because for me, there's there's a few parts where I could really get into it. I'll get into the, in the yeah. spoiler section, but just overall, I yeah, probably yeah. probably won't ever watch it again. I,
2: I think we also got like we were we were like privileged that we saw it in a press screening, like with lots of people. Yeah. I think Raul, you had like. Uh also that's pr- another privilege of watching a 3 plus hours movie from the comfort of your couch of my
1: house yeah yeah, yeah, but, yeah yeah
2: but but my concern was that like maybe this made you like uh, disengaged in a way or it made you like uh, when you are forced to watch the whole thing together in the way it it was meant to be but i don't think it took any of that because you have still the same reaction like because sometimes i feel Lots of, of viewers, when, when they see the movie on different parts, they will like, uh, like it more. So, I think, I think, no, it happened in the same way. We were like fully in inside, fully immersed inside the movie theater, and you were at your house, and it was the same final experience. So, yeah. let's jump into spoilers. Yeah, let's
1: get into spoilers. Uh, yeah, if you have not seen this movie. I can't sit here and say, like, go watch it. Like, because it's not for everyone. It's (laughs) very very much not (laughs) for everyone. Um, It's uh, for anyone. It's for some. It's for, let, let me tell you, if you love Scorsese's movies, this movie's probably for you. I'm not a Scorsese fan. If you liked Wolf of Wall Street, the version that Scorsese brought to the screen, then you might like this movie. Um. But I like
2: Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah,
1: Wolf of Wall Street is great. Yeah, I, it's good. I, I, don't. I think,
2: I think overall, it's better than this movie.
1: I don't listen. I have a whole lot of love for Damien Chazelle. I think he's an absolute incredible filmmaker. He is. This film didn't do it for me. This film did not do yeah. it for me. Um, but there definitely is a whole lot that can be spoiled in this movie. Um, just know, it's not what you expect. Um. And you can choose to like listen to us and know what you're walking into, or pause us. We appreciate the listen. Go watch the film. Come back. I want Damien Chazelle to continue making great movies, and I admire him for the fact that he, from the beginning of his career, has been able to make the films that he wants to make, and I respect that. And I want filmmakers to be able to do that. But yeah, right after filmmakers... I watched the
0: film, that's what I you said. said. You said what? Said right, oh, right after I finished watching the film. So, so Chama. I admire the fact that they allowed him to make this. Yeah.
2: Basket. Yeah. Absolutely. Because not, not every, like and, and I know that, like, they, there was a bidding war. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the last bidding war that happened in this way was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when, when Paramount and Sony were bidding on Quentin Tarantino for this movie. And this was happening with Demi and Chazelle for this one. Like, it was, like, Columbia Pictures, again, like, Sony. Lionsgate were trying, again, with him, like, after, like, the great success, of course, of La La Land. Even Warner Brothers tried, and at the end, like the bid went to Paramount. And uh, honestly, it's a courage from Paramount to do something like this, especially that Paramount was involved in that time era. You know, like that—that that was like, yeah. oh, that's a big thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I respect it. I love filmmakers that can make their art. I want every filmmaker to be able to do their craft. Um, I want more of them to be POC and women. But you know what? Hopefully, we get there soon, (laughs) within our lifetime. Uh, But yeah, listen, uh, go watch the movie at your own risk. (laughs) Come back, listen to us uh, talk about this movie, what we loved, what worked for us, what didn't, uh, and yeah, and just what the heck we experienced. Uh, So this is your last spoiler warning. Spoilers ahead. So my first question is,
0: whose story is this? Dre,
1: oh, don't all don't all speak at once. I'll, Dre, I would definitely
0: remember. have to leave with uh, Man. It's Manuel's story. It's I feel Manuel's like he's name. the he, yeah, he's the only person that everybody is actually connected to in some sort of way. I guess it, is he is he the part with the one that tethers them all together? Yeah, because like even if none of the others like fully have relationships with each other, it's like he's the only person that's yes, everything's revolving. They don't, they around. don't have, yeah, you're, they don't have a relationship with each other, but they do all know each other.
2: Yeah, yeah. I and, think
0: and the story also begins with him and ends with
2: him. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah, it does. That's true. I think definitely, for talk about like main lead lead actors of the film, definitely Manny many Manuel's character, like uh, Diego Calva's uh, character, and uh, and Margot Robbie will be. I will consider like uh, Brad Pitt's character as a supporting actor. I will consider. Oh. Uh, um, I would consider um, I forgot his name. I would consider Giovanna Depot like Sidney Palmer's character as another supporting actor. But if I'm saying that, like who are the connecting ring of the whole movie? It's definitely Manny. And uh, is the, the other rings connected to him? Yes, the other three characters are crucial to show the evolution of his character and uh, the character arc for him. So like. The four of them are the main actors, main leads of the film. But, like, definitely if it's one lead, it's him. Because everything starts with him, as you said, and ends with him. And he's the connecting ring to each and every one of the characters throughout the film. Okay. Okay.
1: I accept what you're saying. And I think I agree. But I think that when you're watching this movie, it doesn't feel that way. It's only when the film ends that you really do realize. Oh, I guess it's about him. But if you don't get to the end, the movie is just about everybody. The movie yeah, is about stories. Uh, it's about different people and their experience in this incredibly toxic industry.
0: Yeah, because also for like another fun way to think about it too, if I were to rewatch it, kind of look at it from like as if there's no main character at all. And it's just being narrated by the Gene Smart character,
2: Eleanor um, Eleanor,
0: Eleanor Syndrome, and it's like basically just her telling the story of all these people's lives from her point because she is the one writing the magazine that is you know what all about that's a, them.
1: that. That's a version of this film that would have been really interesting. Yeah, it's like
0: exactly.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about that.
2: If I'm getting a chance to watch, like, if I force myself to watch the movie again. I think I will watch, I will not watch it in theaters. I will watch it like uh, on my demand because I will skip certain sequences and watch combine what, because the movie is beautiful in like, maybe like 10 or 12 great sequences in the whole film. So these combined together will deliver like a beauty on the screen. Like you know, I I appreciate everything and every aspect of the filmmaking. So if I if I would stop to take a minute to talk about the cinematography and and the, the DP the DP of of, of this film, uh, Linus Sandgren, like he's the Swedish guy that won the Oscars for La La Land, and he did like uh, Up and uh, not Up, uh, don't look up, like the movie with Adam McKay, and and he did like First Man. So and and in this movie he he delivered that smooth and flowing easily that like connects with the production design and the special lighting that he create to reflect that cinematic era and uh, the blend between like the black and white and the sepia and like, uh, like I enjoy that part of what he's doing and to add to what you mentioned in the non spoiler section about the general thoughts about like the music because i love justin herbert's like his music in la la land was phenomenal his music in first man was like moving and heartbreaking and 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 it was amazing in a way or another but in the, <clears throat> in this movie from the very beginning i like I like what you said, like it's bastardization of what happened to La La Land. And I feel like the same, I was telling Dre after the movie, it's like an evil entity went through the musical notes of La La yeah. Land and corrupted yeah. it to kill the it, magic of the fools who dream. Like, like Because that, that magic that was created there, here you can just like feel like you're having a hard burn. So, <laughs> it, hard. Here's,
1: here, here's my question. I don't know if, maybe they said this and we haven't heard it, but like, is it possible that the reason that that is the case is because, I mean, La La Land and this are both about the industry at different times, and if, with different uh, outlooks, uh, I guess, and outcomes, is it possible that this is the counterpart to La La Land? One shows, like, all the joy that that dream can bring you. And this one brings you all the dread and pain and And stress and destruction that that industry, the same industry that they're trying to like get into Lana land or that she's trying to get into in Lana land to bring her everything she's ever wanted there. She gets it and she is happy. And this one, when they get it, because if you think about it, only one person's life didn't get destroyed. And that was Sidney Palmer's, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it is because he exited the industry when he felt like his dignity was being taken. And he said, I refuse to give this industry more of myself than I am willing to give it. And they crossed the line. And I'm exiting. And he seems to be the only one who did okay in the
2: long run. Absolutely. I, I said I told Dre like we had like a couple of film critics like after the we saw the press screening and I was saying it's like it's everything opposite to La La Land. Like so it's, it's the control, yeah. Like for like it, it, exactly. Like that's how I that's how I see it, and that's why that's why it's so hard for me to see it again because it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Like I saw La, La brutal, the yeah. first thirteen days; it was released every day. I know that that, that was intense and too much, but yeah. I cannot revisit I this. It, movie. I
0: saw it so many times. Yeah,
2: yeah. It it was amazing, and it deserves everything.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is the best time to let you guys know. I've never finished La La Land.
2: My god. What
0: <laughs> in the world are you talking about? Is it about? because
2: of personal reasons that you did yeah, not I just, finish the movie or like I just, you did not could like not make it through the whole film? Seriously? Yeah. What? Seriously. It's like it is flawless moving of magic throughout the entire film that like you don't even have a minute to say, Oh, I can cut this. No. It's like it's like pure lunacy that's what you did like as she said it like in the movie it's like it's perfection <laughs> like of course like you have the right not to like something but I, I like challenge you please watch this movie I again.
1: just have a hard time believing that you didn't finish La, La Land but you finished Babylon <laughs> I
2: well, think he watched La, La Land at home exactly I watched
0: it at home so I had the option yeah I'm yeah. not just gonna you leave need,
1: in the middle of the movie the you need to force yourself to watch it because it's absolutely worth finishing
0: yeah
2: I will watch it with you
0: again oh, I might take
1: that up. Talking about that, the ending of this film does something really interesting that, that, that La La Land does as well, which is it's, – it's, La La Land does this really beautiful musical sequence of the entire film, all the music of the entire film in one long sequence as we're seeing kind of the progression of the possibility, right? The possibility of their story as it could have been had any, everything gone to the benefit of their relationship as opposed to their careers. So this one also does – so that one does, like, this weird, like, uh, meta look into the industry. This one also does a weird meta thing, which is it shows us the progression of technology throughout filmmaking history uh, to the point where we even see clips of Avatar in this weird montage how did we feel about this sequence?
0: Yeah, it's like it it reminded me of my least favorite part about the whole movie. It's that everything <laughs> lasted a little bit too long all sure. the way through. It's like whenever the <laughs> sure. at the beginning with the elephant, it's like he's taking his shit. And it just slides for an extra two or three seconds. It just made me uncomfortable. It's just way too long. Like, sure. like, yeah, when she pukes, it's like she's puking yes. and it just keeps going. Yes. And I feel like and every you know scene
1: was that, like that. That's what reminded me the most of Scorsese. Apart from the, like, over-gratuitous nature of every scene, it's the fact that every scene feels like it goes on for longer than it should for longer than the that's best, the most perfect. optimal yeah, moment. Right, but
2: it was, it was the, It's like that extra reminder. two or three seconds that like yeah. that takes you away. Like no, 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 you no, like no, Godzilla, no.
1: that stop. extra two or three minutes at every scene. Okay,
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that puking scene, like, I literally, like, when she started, and I said, like, okay, that's enough. Like, then, like, on the rank it's, and then, like, yeah. on him, and then on her. You know, same thing that like with the beginning of the movie. That like, oh my god, and. Can we take a little bit of time and talk about the 30, the first 32 minutes of the movie <laughs> and, like, how that was, like, jaw-dropping and, like, that, like, I cannot understand why are we seeing this in this way? What do you What did you guys think? No, no, I want you guys to tell me. What did you think when you were seeing the beginning of this movie, like, that party? Starting with
0: you, Drake. That's when I went in, I'm like... I'm not at all sure what is going on or what's what's going to happen next. I told y'all I was watching, so I'm getting I'm getting some more like Rocky Horror Picture Show vibes. Towards like, is this some kind of like scary movie or something that's about to start happening, or uh, is it going to be like a adventure that we go on?
2: Yeah. While well, the beginning was that like uh, gruesome or too much or whatever we can call it. But it included some of my favorite moments of the movie when we are getting introduced to Olivia Wilde's character and seeing the the interaction between her and Brad Pitt. I am a lady fan. And, like, that was a great thing. And then seeing, like, the introduction of Margot Robbie and, like, how she went inside and her character and how, like, she was using... Uh, Deceit and lying is like and a way to go inside. And how did Manny started at the beginning? And he was like the most crucial, important part for her to go through inside this party, and yeah. then seeing like. Uh, Uh, an underage person getting like overdosing and like how they were treating that situation and then looking at like a renowned writer like for that time as Jean Smart's character and how she's analyzing the, the environment around her while she's despising lots of what is happening but she's getting along in a way or another because that's part of her personal conflict with everything happening around her yeah. Seeing, seeing like Lady, Lady, Finch, like character and like how Lady the introduction yeah. of Lady character and how the introduction of her character and the song and how every word of the song was perfect to the environment surrounding them. Yeah, I love the movement of the camera in this scene. In in this sequence, like in these sequences, you know, I love like the uh, the way that the crowds were deviating from uh, from what is happening. I love the introduction of Brad Pitt's character and how everybody is looking at him. But it's incredible. Like, yes, yeah. it was incredible. But at the same I, time, I, in broke. the same respect, uh,
1: girl Dre, a.k.a. the original Dre, she watched. <laughs> now. She watched. That's. She she watched the first thirty-two minutes of this movie and she said, "I've had enough."
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what she, I feel like most people are gonna do. I don't think most people are gonna make it past the first thirty. Yeah, Especially if they start the two and a half hours after this, it's like, yeah, those first thirty to, minutes to are chance. a lot.
1: Those mm-hmm. first thirty minutes are a lot, and then you get the the, the title card, and you're like, oh, that's just the intro. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a prologue. <laughs> so, let me ask this question. Hold on, hold on.
1: First, before you ask the question, hold on to it. I do want... You mentioned Lady Faye. I want to mention... I just noticed this. Her character also... Does, her life does not get destroyed. Her career does in a way that she doesn't want to. But her exit... We don't see her life get destroyed. Which I think is interesting. Because that means the two people of color in this movie... Her and Sydney's character. Uh,
2: Manny is not a person of color?
0: Yeah, Manny. Oh, Manny is the other life, one. Okay. does okay, get okay. destroyed, so two. but it gets okay. it gets redeemed. His, yeah, work his gets, re- gets he, redeemed.
2: I don't know if it yeah. gets redeemed,
1: but he, he at gets least he like achieved He gets, to he gets live the, live the girl and, and the kids. Yeah, yeah he achieved yeah, he what he, he wanted. He gets to live his life. But the white people in this movie, they do yeah. not. <laughs> All
2: yeah. right, your question. Yeah. My question was do you think this movie would have been better if we see the party sequence throughout the whole movie and then we go back and forth to it, so we don't see everything at the beginning, but like we just get introduced to to one character and then go with the lion and then go back to to the party and then go like so it's not this amount of gruesome happening at the beginning that like that rebels everyone from watching the the whole movie. Because I was really thinking of asking somebody to watch the movie for the first time without watching this beginning. And like and how they are reacting to every like everything after the party. And like how they are reacting to every character and how did they like perceive the movie itself?
1: I think it's tough because like you won't know how Manny and Margot met, right? How but he fell out was- there.
2: I will let them start watching from the from the next morning when when she wakes up and like they are still there and like having this conversation outside and getting the car and leaving you know like it's maybe I so I that wouldn't be better for me because
1: me I tend to not like the the like I don't tend to like movies that go back and then go forward again and then go back and then go forward with a different character and then go back and then I'm go forward with a different character and that, then, okay. okay. Yeah. That drives me crazy. So no, it would not be better for me. For me, this the opening sequence should have been fifteen minutes long, not thirty minutes long.
0: Yeah, they could have cut out the elephant and just stopped it there.
1: But we definitely, so we definitely need needed this. The, oh, we needed the overdose girl being carried out of the party. Yeah, that seemed yeah. optimal, necessary. Okay. So you think, we did not. You think we be... did not. Sorry, we did not need the dude being peed on. Okay.
2: Yeah. That's that's right. But so you think like it would? You didn't need that much to understand this culture and this environment and this uh, society and what's happening in there. I totally agree with you guys. Okay, so if if we talk about like about something else with um, the characters' arc and the progression of each character, why are we getting seeing part of Brad Pitt's life and his personal life and his love interests? and not continuing with with each one of them to see what happens to them afterwards or are we or did we get enough also from his character did we need his character to stay longer are we going to spoil now and say what happens to his character well i think well we are spoilers sure but so i
1: think that with Brad Pitt's character so his character is my favorite character okay um uh, i like i fell in love with his character i thought he was fantastic um i think that so his character to me is the most heartbreaking. Because he's a character that can he's the he's that he like he came from nothing and he appreciates everything. But also he is like addicted to love and he is addicted to like the the love, the admiration of the people because they're the ones that gave him everything he has when he came from nothing. And he focused so much effort on his career that he, like what we're seeing is he devoted no time to a personal relationship with a partner. And so now when the transition to talkies happens and all of a sudden people can hear his voice and they don't like his acting when they can hear him, his career starts deteriorating. And he's starting to lose the fickle love of the public of the audience that is all he used to need and now he has nothing to come home to he has not he has he doesn't have a partner that
0: knows him intimately and so he feels empty and he feels it and the s- most especially whenever his partner does die which is the his guy, friend yes his friend, his friend. Yeah. yeah his friend
1: yeah and so he ends up committing suicide and it is is—it's heartbreaking. Um, yeah, it's, it's, his, his story was so sad to me. Um, yeah, that scene where she is nagging him and it's right. He gets that phone call that his friend committed suicide. Yeah, okay. And then he starts venting to her about why this matters. Like, that's one of the greatest scenes. There are such great scenes, which I want to talk. What are some of the great scenes that like that scene to me stood out? I was just like, wow, what? Do you think if it's Oscar worthy? Yeah, if he gets nominated for that for that performance, I won't be mad. Uh, Me neither. Uh, yeah. I think it's an incredible yeah. scene.
2: I'll yeah. give you
1: one more. Uh, the talkie scene, the first talkie scene that we get with Marco Robbie, it's a perfect scene. It has great humor. It's stressful. One of
2: my most favorite. Yeah. And in that, and,
1: and that scene, Marco Robbie gets nominated for that scene. I'm also not mad about it. Yeah. How about you guys? Any other scenes?
0: One, um, one of the scenes was when he was um, doing the shoot on the hill, where he has to kiss the girl after winning the battle, and he's just right. like all
2: drunken and stuff like that. Yeah, just right. call action. He just he just changes. It, yeah. yeah. I loved that entire sequence. I love everything yeah. that was happening in the old uh, filming time of, of Hollywood when like the sets were back to back and these things are getting filmed together because there's no sound needed so like they don't care about like yeah. the background noise or anything. I loved that. I enjoyed every second of uh, Samara Weaving and uh, Margot Robbie together on yeah. the screen because it was always been like uh, they and look alive. Mesmer- mesmerized. Yeah. yeah, so so that yeah. was that was great. I love that uh, my favorite scene of the whole movie or favorite sequence is that talkies thing like when when the DP dies like inside the box, you know, like that was amazing. And it's- It's incredible, yeah. Perfect portrayal of what was happening because like I was reading about like, changes that was happening at that time and the amount of people like uh, get dying because of the uh, turning off the AC because of the noise of the of the yeah. air conditioning yeah. so it was like something wow I love that they, they reflected mm-hmm. it in, in the movie in that manner honestly like when we keep talking more about the movie we respect lots of things that happen in the movie we respect yeah. the effort in researching and in, in, in even writing these characters because like it's always hard to have good actor without like good writing for a character's arc but the whole narrative for the movie could have helped the movie to become better if it was just like redone. I feel like it needs yeah, like yeah. two yeah. or three That's more writings. Yeah. Because my I question
0: think... is like Go ahead. oh my question is like um what was the movie about and what should have the movie been about?
1: So, that's great. That's what I was about to comment on. My response is going to answer your question, which is, I think think there are multiple great movies within this film that are all separate. I think as a series, as an anthology series, this would have been phenomenal, where, like, we get the Brad Pitt storyline in one season. You know, we get the Manny and Margot, like, their storyline in another season. We get the... Uh, the the the, the Sydney Palmer's character and another, and so we get all of these storylines, and like I think individually, they're all fantastic be so storylines. Yeah, yeah, yes. But this film feels like two. It, it feels like you just can't. There's so much going on. It's so hard to like connect with any one character, except for Brad Pitt's character. I did connect with this character, but it's so hard to like. It's just it's. It's there's too
0: much going on. Yeah, I and mean then for me, right when I was getting into it, we meet
2: Toby. Oh, and then he God. takes you away from everything. <laughs> that is, oh, I think that God. was the entire character art that could have been entirely yeah. cut from the movie, and it's not right affecting anything it, But the it, problem is, the problem is
1: that the the ending of the film is contingent on this interaction.
2: Yeah, so you well, can't have the
1: ending of the film without this
2: we could have had like a different ending resembling something from the pain and the, and the without like having this like it could have happened in a different way i think what do you think of toby maguire's character
1: i don't want to talk about toby maguire's character i didn't like it he creeped me out and i think he was he successfully portrayed whatever he was trying to portray but i didn't like any single second of him on the screen cuz i just his character made me feel icky.
2: Yeah, me too. Me too.
1: I feel like it means he achieved his goal,
2: he did. He did yeah. a good job. Like he uh, did,
1: he did. But I'm not happy about it. I am not happy about it. Um,
2: and he executive produced this movie, so he was part of it from the very beginning of this movie with uh, Damien Chazelle.
1: So let's talk in the report
2: cards. Is there any other element that we forgot to discuss? So if we are saying that if let's talk about like the four main things four main elements of the movie like writing, directing, cinematography and editing, okay? Where what do you think the weakest out of the four of them?
1: I think the weakest is writing. Agreed. Um, yeah, um I think the cinematography has a lot of strengths. I can't get the numerous shots to the trumpet man out of my mind. I don't know why uh-huh. we needed so many shots that push in on the trumpet guy, but we got way too many of them, um so I'm like having a hard time with the cinematography, but I would say. But that's on the director. Like, I
2: feel like that's on so, the director. Yes, I, like, think,
1: I think the next worst element is the direction. Unfortunately, as much as I admire Damien Giselle as a great director, I think the next worst element is the direction because I think that the flaws I have in cinematography are his fault, are the director's fault. And the, the length of this film, which has to do with the editing of this film and has yep. to do with the narrative structure of this film, all
2: those elements
0: fall on him. And, and you so, could a solid 20 minutes yeah, just yeah. from the
2: like, overextending the individual parts. And I feel like Tom Cross, like this film editor, he is great. Everything he edited, I didn't see a problem in the movie that to be long. Like even mm-hmm. he did Whiplash and La La Land with him. He did a phenomenal job in No Time to Die. Every second in this film, I didn't feel that there's something was long, at least oh, for No me. Time to
1: Die is awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I, I believe that like Damien mean Chazelle's like, of course, like he's the director of the movie and he's the writer of the movie, but I feel like he was like there's some kind of interference in the like to be edited in this way. Like I think it's more of a director's cut than like the editor's cut because he didn't wanna take away anything from the film. Because I believe that like this movie could have been edited in a better pacing that that took away from some stuff that like annoyed all of us. Like that, you can imagine it without seeing it, because sometimes that's what you need. But I blame the narrative entirely because this movie—if he brought somebody to rewrite the movie with him, it would have been delivered differently. If he took his time rewriting the movie, it might have been different. And I hope in his next problem that he would have. Here's the problem, Shama,
1: is that I really believe. This is this was his intended vision for the film.
0: I feel like at, he committed to it. Yes, I
1: believe he, so. He accomplished what he was setting out. So there's not there's not it's like I don't look at this and go, "Oh, this is a guy that that like is bad, is a bad writer and is a bad director and doesn't know what good filmmaking is." No, we know that he does. This is someone that this was their goal. They wanted to for whatever reason they wanted to create this film, and they fully accomplished. It. I think if if we're rating this based on what he aimed to do, it's a ten out of ten because I believe that he yes. it accomplished what he aimed to but do. But
2: we discussed this before that it's not about like the aim; it's about like the 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 final product that we are looking for, and that's Correct. the importance of a producer that will say no to certain things, and that's the importance of a very talented editor that will say. Let's cut this differently because it would and it will be but, like this. Of course we don't know that all the logistics and all the dynamics. Sure, of sure what sure he did. This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping
1: that whatever this was, he got it out of his system. Ah uh, and that he doesn't fall into the trap. The the Scorsese thing. Where like Scorsese I just I like that's Scorsese he
2: keeps if, doing it. That's the problem. That's the,
1: that's the thing. Is I hope he does not do the Scorsese thing where he just keeps making th- entirely too long films that are in, like entirely too good. Oh gratuitous. my god, the Irishman. Like, like, I just every like – kind of- yes, <laughs> oh and, Listen, and that every single thing that he shoots is worthy of being in the final film. Sometimes it's just not and you know who's going to tell Scorsese otherwise? And I just hope that Chazelle doesn't fall into that. You know, like Whiplash is an almost perfect film. La La Land is a nearly perfect film. I want to go back to those days.
2: But, but we saw the decline, not the decline. We saw like this kind of passion that he wants to get out happened in First Man. And now it's see, happened again here and happened but the worse. Issues. He didn't write First Man.
1: First Man, the issues with First Man that I have are the screenplay, not the direction.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. But like he but didn't didn't he see it? Hey,
1: he must have liked the screenplay. So, moving, I think again, individually, I think there's so much good in this movie. I think as a whole, it's a disaster. Let's get into report cards. Boydre, Uh, what's your report what's your card? Report card? Give, give me your final thoughts.
0: All right, my report card will have to be a 5 out of 10. Okay. Mainly because, like, I really liked watching the people on screen. Sure, like it was it was great, but I, I couldn't watch the movie again. I couldn't even really fully enjoy the movie either, because, like, like I said, everything just felt extended and long for no reason. So I just felt gross about watching this by the by the time it was all over.
2: Sure, Sharma, Yeah. Uh, I'm at a six out of 10 for the overall experience of the film uh, as we, di- we do, like we were diving deeply into details about like why because I still respect everything in the movie, but like overall it didn't click, you know like and there are certain things that could have done definitely in a better way that will please me as a viewer. Uh, final thoughts, like, yeah, it's a wild, wild, wild movie, as you guys said. It's a monster of, uh, of, of, of incidents happening. It's very stellar performances from great actors. Um, still good score, despite what was happening in it. Because the tragic moments, like the, the, the score fits the tragic ending of each character. And the dark moments of the film, perfectly. And I think it delivered that, having the resemblance of the cheerful music of La La Land and getting it reversed. I think because it's the same composer and the film, same filmmaker. And I think, as you said, it might be their way of saying, let's take this note and like corrupt it, you know, like and get the worst out of it. So like the love of, the, of Hollywood is there. But it's it's not in the same way. Uh, I'm sad to say it, like that the movie six out of ten. I hope it will live up in the future. I hope like I will like it more. Maybe I need somebody to re-edit the movie, and I will love it. But uh, I'm sad to say it. But I'm still believing in Damien Chazelle as a great filmmaker, and I cannot wait for his next project.
1: Yeah, same. Uh, I'll say Colby Mac gave it a six out of ten. Um, for me, I'm 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 so conflicted, um, because like I don't think it's a five, but I'm having a hard time saying it's a six. Um, but the individual elements that I really loved are really 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 powerful, and I feel like for me, I can't take away from like. Because of the length of the film? Because I don't think that that's a thing that like I feel but it's comfortable with actor, it's the skill. editing. Like it's not part. It's, but it's not it's the narrative, right? It's the that's yeah. part of the narrative, that's part of the yeah. direction. The runtime itself is not something that I'm gonna be like, you get you you, you lose points because of the movie's too long. No, no just give it to gets, Avatar, uh, even if it was longer. No, yes, precisely. That, because it's it's not about the length, it's about the writing and the pacing.
2: Mentioned James Cameron, I mentioned like that, like uh, here uh, Damien Chazelle got everything out of his system. Isn't Avatar every single scene costs like hundreds of thousands of dollars? We have almost like 27 minutes that he could have added to the movie. I just heard about this. But I'm so he excited chose, to them. He, yeah, he, he chose not to add it to the theatrical release and he will save them either. To reuse some of the footage in the next ones, or it will be released in the home release as extended release or something. But like that's what I'm saying. Sometimes like you can create something and just like keep it on the side because it might harm you more than what you believe in. And that I think that they mean to learn from this. So what's sure, your sure, final score?
1: Listen, James Cameron knows how to edit. Uh of my course. final score. I'm just I'm gonna lean and give it a six out of ten as well. Which means. I don't know. I, I I don't. I don't feel entirely too good about it, but I feel okay. Six out of ten, which means our cumulative report card is a five point seven five.
2: It's because of you, Drake. It's because of you.
0: It's the rewatchability uh, for me, man. Oh uh, yeah. That is all we have for you today.
1: Please no. go ahead and leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts on Spotify. Whatever it takes like 10 seconds we would greatly greatly appreciate it. It helps people find us, helps us get more people to listen. and if you're enjoying it, hey, why wouldn't you want more people to listen to what you love? Um, also, make sure you check out the site at reportpod.com. Drake, uh, are you on the socials that people
0: can find you? No, nah, I try to I try to stay hidden as possible, but I'll try to pop up here more often if, if I can. All right. Yeah, I wish. But if I our listeners say, oh, have
2: any thing? thoughts for him, like they can like mention it on our Twitter handle and our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Reach it, reach out to us for sure. Uh,
2: well, Shama, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me still watching Avatar and living in the world of Pandora because, like, I'm so much love in so much love, but I'm still on Twitter at uh, Mohammed Shama. And
1: you can find me at the wrong You can find us at M Pod. On Twitter and on Instagram. Yo, Dre, thank you for stopping by, for coming on, contributing, and taking on, finally, the challenge. I'm sure it wasn't easy. I know my first time being on the pod was not easy. And we appreciate you coming by and giving us
0: your thoughts. Thanks. I appreciate it very, very much, man. It's my final hope and dream in life.
2: Aw, this is sweet.
0: Check it off. Check it off the bucket list.
1: (laughs) Hey, be a part of the show. And if you have a report, let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace.